0: Alrighty. got some notes of encouragement so if there's any more out there that need to come up just let me know we'll have somebody raise those up um, announcements I figure you can look in the bulletins there if there's any others is there any other announcements or things that we need to cover okay good Sunday night is it the parks at what time six, six o'clock at the parks Oh, she wrong Okay, so uh, if it's canceled for whatever reason, uh, text or something will go out to folks. So um, we'll get that covered. I didn't look, are there any birthdays today? Shh. Oh boy. Sharon, I think there's something wrong with your phone up here. That's just bad. To see if she's gonna get. Up. She always ignores me. It's like I sent a text this morning. She just ignores me. And then her cell phone goes off because she didn't get up early enough. She set her alarm for her normal like uh, ten o'clock in the morning wake up time, and so the alarm was going off. Yeah, it's like really, uh huh. <laughs> so we have these young ladies that are having birthdays this week. So maybe we'll sing Happy Birthday to them, and then we'll do the encouragement. How's that sound? All right, I was going to have Sharon come up here, so I'll turn this around, face it to her. Well, let's sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. Few notes of encouragement here. One for Scott, it says, Thank you for sharing in Bible class this morning. Your deep drive into the word, consider, taught me this is more than just meditation, but something to esteem and lead us as we follow Christ. and And one to the Ryanator, Ryan Compton. You, younger brother, are wise beyond your years. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, people get nicknames around me because I can never remember names. So, you know, honestly, I got to have these things. as not I get more and more senile, right? Ryanator? Okay. Gabe. Gabe, I haven't come up with a nickname yet for you, so we'll have to work on that. Gabe, you are an encouragement to all of us. So thankful and blessed you're here. Oh, there's another one for the Ryanator. Just come up. Ryan! Your message today was awesome. Ty. So Ty, you can call him the Ryanator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So I got it. Okay. okay, so if there isn't anything else, let's get let's get started this morning. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter eleven, and this was kind of a shoot from the hip sort of thing. So hopefully, it'll make sense and be an encouragement to you all. <clears throat> and those who are listening, if you looked at or you saw the bulletin, I'm not uh, Bulldog Billy, so. Uh, you know, I'll probably figure that out, and uh, I got all dappered up for y'all, but my wife wouldn't let me shave, so I got a little bit of stubble going on. <laughs> I'd shave this month, and I said, it's kind of like April showers, bring May flowers. It's kind of like, okay, I was going to grow the showering or shaving thing so that it would grow later, whatever. So I'm not clean shaving this morning, so not completely dapper, nothing like Lawson, Boy, you can't pass that guy. He's like dapper as dapper can get. So confidence. Confidence is the title of my lesson. And, you know, I I do like titling. Scott was mentioning this morning, he doesn't usually give his titles. But sometimes, just a word, it's kind of like me saying Ryanator. Why? Because a little thing plants in the head. So if you go throughout your week and uh, half the time you don't remember anything, it's like, what did Jeff say? I have no idea what he said. I know he was teasing Sharon, but beyond that, I can't remember what he said. So if nothing else, remember confidence, because sometimes those, just those words will bring in, and all of a sudden, it'll bring some of those thoughts and remind you of what we were really talking about. And I hope to truly encourage you this morning uh, to have confidence Because one of the things for me, and uh, I may come across as confident, but there are some things uh, where I'm not. And I think it's one of those things, as I said in my um, uh, Lord's Supper meditation, is the devil wants to encumber us sometimes. And it it comes in various forms, trials and temptations, sometimes a sin. Sometimes it's just some things he just wants you to trip you up, get your mind uh, off of him. And one of those things for me is sometimes some doubt. Um, and uh, let me kind of read uh, uh, verse 6 of chapter 11, because he talks in the first part what faith is. God describes what faith is, not this so-called religiondom and what faith or belief is, but God does. But he says here in verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, You know, I want, I want to please God. You know, I want to have faith. I want to have that Sureness and confidence, and persuaded to the point of it is who I am. You know, most most of you who know me very well doesn't matter whether I'm wearing a suit, whether I'm wearing my jeans and a t-shirt or whatever, I'm the same on Sundays. You get the same guy as you do on Mondays, and Fridays, and Saturday. And these poor young folks, and if they go hiking with me or doing something, they. They hear the same things over and over and over. And uh, good Lord forbid I get you locked in uh, the car on a ride with me like Alton and I go hunting. Poor guy, he's probably like, oh man, I gotta, let's get to the woods. <laughs> they get to hear the world according to Jeff. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And how do want to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You know what, that's pretty pretty easy, simplistic, unless you completely deny. Because in the creation around us, I mean, you start looking at science and you start looking at math, which God's created, and you can try to deny some of those things. And some people are trying to twist science around and they're trying to get it to, to work for their things. But those scientific laws, like gravity, you you want to try to defy gravity. I mention that often. <laughs> Because it's so evident. In physics, those are laws, and there's certain scientists and people have come out with, and they put a name on those laws. Uh, and like Newton, you know, it's like, but those laws were in place. Newton just described it. Although I have a twist on Newton's law. For every action, there's an opposite, equal, or greater reaction. Insurance uh, uh, experienced that. I always have a greater reaction. But, you know, really, you can't get around God's laws. And the thing is, it's not just physical. Scientific and mathematics, there are spiritual laws too, and you can't get around those. Just like you can't defy gravity, you can't defy the spiritual laws that are set. But it's not about necessarily trying to mark the boxes for law. No, it's actually understanding and grasping those things. And one of those things is believing that he is. And in seeing in science and math and the creation round, it's pretty easy to believe that God is. There's one passage in God's word that says the demons believe. That is the same word. Well, okay. But yet they shudder. And I think it's the second part of this verse that we don't really get to. Not only do you need to believe that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What is the one thing... the demons don't do. They don't diligently seek him. They're not there to, to please God. But they believe that he is, that he exists. They know his authority. You can see all the things in the New Testament where, oh, you know, toss us into those pigs there and stuff, you know, please. It's not the time yet. They know what's coming. So one of the things for me is doubt. And one of the things I don't doubt that God is. But the, one of the things I think that the Satan has encumbered me a little bit is not concentrating so much on or looking to the reward. That God is a rewarder of those who seek him. Do you believe that? Because if you don't, if you don't focus on that, Satan can get you off and it's part of faith. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith. Same thing, ask in faith. Believing that he is, he's capable, and he's a rewarder that he does answer prayer. But he must ask in faith without any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. There's conflict, there's dispute that's going on. Part of that, um, that doubting means a dispute, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But, you know, a conflict within. And f- so for me, some of that has been this doubt. It's like, okay, I believe God can do it, but I'm going to fail somehow or another. I'm going to mess this up, you know? And it's like, I, 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 where's the focus? And to really trust and believe that God's got it figured out, He has a design. And if I'm following that design, if I trust Him, it's like believing so much as you see in Peter were Jesus. He didn't revile and return. He didn't utter any threats, but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. He knew that God's the righteous judge. The world and its judgment and all its wackiness, no, who judges right? But he entrusted himself to his father. He knew that God said something, it was going to happen. His father said, hey, I will not allow my holy one to undergo decay. Jesus believed that, and he acted on that. But how about us? In a few passages over, it says, we who entrust our souls to a faithful creator in doing what's right. We want to do the right thing. We want to, we want to please him and everything else, but are we entrusting our souls to him? Or are we kind of like, well, okay, i, I got to kind of get myself to heaven. i got to entrust my soul to me, Really? No. You got to entrust your soul and you got to know who Jesus is. And part of that thing is, is now I'm going to have to turn full circle and start focusing. And as we'll get to in a few minutes, where does faith come from? And I want to get my focus back on to some of these things because our focus isn't on that hope that we have in him and our trust in him. But how do we trust and know that unless we know him. Bill's been talking about trust. You got to get to know somebody. You got to know who Jesus is. And part of that is knowing that he is the protector, that he is the one that guards your soul. He is the one, as it says in Jude 24, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in his presence, blameless, with great joy. But do you believe that? And it's like sometimes I think we as a sort of church of Christ, it's like, ah, well, you know, the good news, but you got to obey the good news. And it's like this checkboxes. But really, if you know who Jesus is and you learn and understand and truly come to the true knowledge of God, then you know and you follow. It's like knowing these laws, the physical laws of science, gravity and all these sort of things. It's like, do you defy? Gravity? No, because you know what gravity is. It's there, and it's like, oh, I'm going to defy that and jump off here and smack and be done. No, no. There are spiritual laws, but as you grit to understand and grasp and know them, you follow. It's not like you're doing it because you're defying, It's or you're doing it because you have to. It's No, it's because you have that knowledge and that trust in what those things are. It is sure. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things. If you see that and you know who Jesus is, and knowing that the hope that He gives, it's the anchor of the soul, it brings about confidence. There isn't the doubt. So this morning, as we come around, I want to kind of talk about confidence, but let's go to God in a word of prayer. Great and glorious Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word, for you say that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And I do want to have the faith, the faith that pleases you, to believe you and believe that you're a rewarder if I will diligently follow. Father, I pray that those who would hear your word this morning be encouraged uh, to the point of being able to uh, fix their eyes on you and run their race with endurance, Father, to have confidence and to know where their confidence comes from. I pray for your blessing upon this morning that I would speak clearly and uh, again that those be encouraged to go forth. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, back to Hebrews uh, 11, and in verse 1, this is God's description of what faith is. He says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, being sure of. Well, if you think of hope as this kind of cross your fingers sort of thing, that doesn't sound like you're very sure, right? The assurance of things hoped for. And we're going to look at what real hope, a living hope. And that it is sure. that It is steadfast, something that you can stand on. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So, can you kind of see physics? Well, sometimes you see the result of physics in a car wreck. That something in motion will stay in motion is going to be a straight line. Yeah, that car comes around that corner at certain speeds with certain braking and that car is going to end in a certain direction and come to a sudden stop. Because of physics and all sorts of other science that's going on. And you don't necessarily see that happening. You may feel it happening if you're behind the wheel and you've had a little bit too much input into that corner. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. But we see so much evidence that points to, and God has proven faithful. When you see those accidents, when you see those things, when you see the speed of somebody going in and the results of, we see men and women of faith. In Hebrews it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, we see their faith, their belief, and the outcome of their faith. It says, Therefore, lay aside every encumbrance in the sin which so easily entangles, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And for me, I think uh, some of that doubt, the devils used doubt, like, well, you can't do this. You may as well throw in the towel, kind of like I was talking to about a few minutes ago in the Lord's Supper meditation. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to give up, grow weary, and lose heart. And if you can use doubt, doubt in yourself that, hey, I can't do this. But whereas God's word says you can do all things through him. And that's the thing is it's how are you accomplishing it? How does it happen and you're not going to know how to ha- how it happens unless you know him so this is where my focus has come it says how do we overcome doubt? How do we have confidence? Well God says in his word the opposition factor it's like overcome evil with good walk by the spirit and you'll not carry out the desires of the flesh well, what is all that and if I want to be if I want to please him if I want to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those, who diligently seek him, and to grasp and understand that, where does that faith come from? We get the description of what faith is, but where does it come from? Well, in Romans 10, 16, and 17, God gives us the answer where it comes from. You know, these are are pretty basic things, but... You know what? And anything that you do well at or do good at, it always comes back to the basics. If you've messed something up a little bit, what is it? Because the fundamentals have kind of got a skew. You need to go back and make sure those fundamentals, and these are fundamental things. So Romans 10, 16, and 17, it says, However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So ask yourself, do you believe God? It's like, Faith says, without faith, it's impossible to believe him, because those who come to him must believe that he is, one, so do you believe the report, the good news that he is, and two, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently see him. If you don't concentrate and see the reward, it's like if you're sitting there going, oh, you kind of got all these side things, and you're trying to check the boxes or whatever, it's like, well. Oh, how can you run with endurance? Because you don't have a picture of where you're running to. You don't have the finish line. If You don't have the finish line in your mind. Then how can you please God? We've got to have that, that finish line there that, yes, there's a reward. That's like, how can you have hope? How can you exude the hope? How can you speak with boldness of the hope that you have if you aren't focused and believing that you do have hope, that there is a reward? Who has believed our report? Do you believe God's report? That he says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? So faith comes from where? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So let's take a look this morning. Now we see where, how can we get confidence? How can we have that faith? How can we believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him? We're going to go to God's word. So the rest of this morning's lesson is we're going to look at God's word. We're going to see where confidence comes from, why we can have confidence. Because if Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can see that the confidence is going to come from God's word. So I hope to encourage you this morning a little bit about confidence and hope and sureness and steadfastness, something to which you can stand on and focus so that what then you can with boldness speak the hope that you have, truly have. So let's take a look. Hebrews chapter 10. It's kind of academic, so I know it's getting warm out there, but hopefully maybe I'll have some excitement in my voice, because this is where I've had to focus. This lesson is for me a little bit as I was throwing it from the hip last night, trying to put it together, is these are some of the scriptures, because I know that basic thing is where faith comes from, and i got to go to God's word because maybe Satan's thrown some doubt or thrown my focus off in that second half of that faithful part. So Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, we'll go through 19 through 25. Therefore, brethren, and that's all of you, since we have confidence, all right, confidence, sure, absolute steadfastness. That confidence to enter the holy place by what? The blood of Jesus, not, not by what you're doing, but by Jesus. By the, the holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance, not just believing that God is, but that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Holding fast the confession. Go back to when you obeyed the gospel. Did you have hope? You knew that that's your only hope is Jesus. Hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And he's proven faithful over and over and over and over again. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So I want to encourage you and stimulate you this morning to love and good deeds. And why do you have that love and those good deeds? If you're seeing the hope that you have and that, God has given you a service and work to do so that others, what, have that hope, that they can get excited that there is a reward to those who will diligently seek him, that those who can get to know him, if you go about preaching Jesus, because it's like you look in the New Testament and it says, yeah, they went about preaching the gospel, but it also says in a lot of places they went about preaching Jesus. Well, what does that mean? They were preaching Jesus and it's like, because they were wanting people to know him, to have the true understand and grasp who Jesus is, that he is faithful, that there is a reward and he's proven faithful. And how are you going to be able to entrust your soul and trust those things unless you know him, unless like we are looking right now at where confidence comes from, because you can Be confident. You can be sure. You can run with endurance. The race that's set before you because there is a finish line. Let's jump to verse 35 of chapter 10. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Once again, don't, you should have confidence. Don't just set that aside because it has a great reward. You got to hold on to that. Hold on to the confession of your hope without wavering. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised promise for yet in a very little while he was coming will come and will not delay sometimes you think oh boy this is i'm tired i want to throw in the towel tap out hey i need somebody to fill in here but we see those men and women of faith who endured who just kept going who kept making the choices trusting god okay god i don't know how this is going to work out But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. We want to please God. And it's not, we can't please him unless we, one, believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But we are not of those who shrink back. That's what I want to encourage you. Don't shrink back. Stay the course. Stay in the fight. Focusing on Jesus. Fixing your eyes on him and the hope that we have but we are those who have faith to the preserving of the soul how about 1st peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 9 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who are according to his great mercy you know if you really think about mercy it's like boy, we deserve so much. You know, and God completely justified in that. But where, where did the justice, the stroke that was due us fell upon him? And he was merciful to us. And what's that mercy done? It has caused us to be, be born again to a living hope. It's not this, I cross my fingers and hope will, I'll make it, No. It's a living hope. And it's not by me. It's by his mercy. And it says here, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you don't know him and don't know the power of God that raised him from the dead, and seat not only raised him from the dead, but seated him at his right hand, to grasp and understand that power, that's the power that's available to you. But do you believe it? That's the thing is believing that he's a rewarder. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there is no resurrection, you have no hope. To an inheritance, which is imperishable and undefiled, will not fade away. An inheritance, are what is? where does inheritance go to? It goes to children, right? It's a relationship. And that's the thing is, if you know your mom and dad, And mom and dad prove faithful. It's like sometimes I don't quite understand mom and dad's rules, or I don't quite understand why they're doing this or that or the other thing. But why do you trust them? Because you know them and they've proven God's the same way. And he uses the example of relationships. And he's saying, hey, there's an inheritance to obtain an inheritance imperishable and undefiled it's not some something that's just going to go away and burn up and it's like things rust and no this is something that is imperishable it will never fade away reserved in heaven for you who are protected so there's a reservation and it's it's not canceled out it's there it's not like these motels that kind of, they book it, they overbook it, and you really don't have a reservation. No. Reserve for you in heaven. Who are protected by the power of God. Sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to screw this up. No. Now to him who is able to keep you from, it's him who is able. Do you believe that? And I think we need to fix your eyes and grab a hold of that. Because Satan wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to stop. He wants you to give up. Because then he has you. Don't give up. Hold on to these things. Know Jesus and know this power. Look into the word and memorize these things. Look at these things so that you have that hope. Through faith. It says, who are protected by the power of God through faith. But it's only through faith in your belief, your assurance, your confidence in God's word and what he's saying here. For a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. You know, Satan's throwing all kinds of things at you. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Stay the course. Hold on, fix your eyes on that. Get excited about it—that there is hope, but you got to believe it. Hebrews six six six, Hebrews six sixteen. I'm sorry. If you look through Hebrews, you see why the writer is saying all these things. These people are going been going through a lot of stuff. It's like whoa. Verse sixteen. For, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. For men swear by one greater than themselves and with them an oath is given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. Now, remember when I said doubt, part of the de- description of that um, word is that there's doubt, there's conflict within. There's a dispute going on. You're kind of like unsure. It's kind of like, well, is it this? Or is it this? I'm like that. What? You're getting tossed here and there all over the place. So, in man's world, you know, there, there's an oath that's given. Or that's the way it's supposed to work, as confirmation. In the same way, God desiring even more sh- to show the heirs of promise us the unchangeableness of his pu- uh, purpose, guaranteed with an oath. It's a guarantee, it's an absolute. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. There's no getting around it. When God says it, it happens. It's just like gravity. You can't defy it. You can't get around it. It is true and to the T accurate. And it's that way and he's proven it over and over and over again. We who have taken refuge. Do you take refuge? Would have strong encouragement. And this is what I'm wanting to do this morning is encourage you to take hold of the hope that's set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. What's doubt? It's tossing you here and there and around all over. The waves are coming in. But What does the anchor do? It's an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the, Order of Melchizedek. Second Corinthians three, four through six. Such confidence we have towards Christ. <clears throat> Toward God, not that we are adequate of ourselves to consider anything coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who has also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. You know, a lot of times we try to get our adequacy or we, we try to get our identity and different things. It's like we try to make that. But really, where's our adequacy? You know, it's like, and then maybe doubts coming in. We have all these doubts. Well, shouldn't have any doubt because where's the adequacy? God says in Romans there in chapter 8, who's the one who condemns? That's the Satan's pointing the finger at you all the time. He wants you to give up. He says, I'm the one who justifies. Your adequacy comes from God. Look to his word so that you can have that solid Confidence. How about Philippians 3? A few more here. See, there's there's a ton of these scriptures there. And I'm only grabbing a few out of the hat. Shooting from the hip this morning. Philippians 3, 2 through 11... Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of false circumcision, for we are the true circumcision who minister in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Okay, you got you gotta be careful about where you place your confidence. It's not in the flesh. It's not one of those things necessarily that you can see, right? Although I myself, you know, Paul's saying, I might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcise on the eighth day, the nation of Israel, checking the boxes here, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as the law of Pharisee, as to the zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I count as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost. And the view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him having a righteousness not derived from the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And again, it goes on that I might know him. You know, knowing Jesus and understanding and grasping these things, And it's not confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is from God. And his righteousness. Hebrews 3, 6, two more. We'll be done. And if you uh, take a look at uh, 7 through 19, there's also a warning in unbelief. But I didn't want our focus going there. Hebrews 3, 6. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. Hold fast that confidence and your boast. In what? The true hope, the hope that God gives. And he goes on talking about belief and he talks about unbelief because those who entered the promised land, right? Right? There's those, he said, hey, go out and, and uh, check out this, uh, this land of flowing of milk and honey. And a bunch of them went out and checked it out. Two of them come back and say, hey, we need to go. The rest of them, no, there's giants in the land. Throwing out doubt, right? Throwing in those things were tossed here and there, and it's like decisively, well, should we go? Should we not go? Should we, uh? No, because Why? Did they not enter the rest? Because they didn't believe. They didn't believe in God's... There is hope. There is land flowing with milk and honey. There is an imperishable inheritance for you. But you've got to believe it. No doubting. No tossing here and there. Because they were unable to enter because they didn't believe. And finally, Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 14 and 16, and we'll close here. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He understands that sometimes doubts come in. He understands that sometimes we get entangled. We may become encumbered. But he wants us to lay those things aside. And isn't it so great to know that he understands? Your heart is open and laid bare with him who we have to do. He understands. He knows you. There's nothing you can hide. He understands your weaknesses. He knows what you're thinking. He knows where you're at. But one who has been tempted in all things as we, yet without sin, therefore let us draw near with confidence. confidence drawn near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need I want to encourage you to have confidence but where does that confidence come from you got to go in God's Word hold fast that confession of your hope it's where confidence comes from And we didn't even get to the scriptures where Paul talks about their confidence coming from God and having that confidence, therefore they spoke boldly. You can go forth speaking boldly. If you have that hope, if you're so convinced, so sure of the hope that you have, it's going to exude out of you. Even if it doesn't come out your mouth, people are going to see that hope in you. And that's what the world needs is they need hope. You need hope. Without that hope, and I'm telling you what, you're going to throw in the towel. Stay the course. Stay the course. Let's go to God's Word of Prayer. Great and glorious Heavenly Father, I pray that we'd all be encouraged today by your word, that we would run our race with endurance, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Father, I pray that we would not grow weary and lose heart, but that we would have confidence, the confidence that comes from you, that our hope that you give us that is sure and steadfast, that we would hold on. Hold fast to that, that we would look to the finish line, Father, and that others would ask for the reason for our hope. And we, with great patience and gentleness, would give the reason for the hope that we have, that others, too, might come to a saving knowledge and that they would have the same hope. Pray these things in Jesus' name.